I really value life and, and the time that we have. I just didn't see that there would be a good point later on to pursue my passion. So why not now? Why not just do it now? So I, I wasn't going to regret it in the future. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. We have Lauren Bongiorno on the show today as a guest, and she is also my friend and a Renegade Brand Bootcamp alumni graduate. I could rattle off all of the things that Lauren has done and her accomplishments, but the one word that really sums it up for me is she is an innovator. She has pioneered and created a situation that didn't exist before that allows her to live in that intersection of where her purpose, passion, and skill collide. For someone who is still in her 20s, she has been able to do more than I can really even believe. She's written a book. She's launched a business that solves a problem that hasn't existed in the past. She's living in her purpose. She's a speaker. She helps people and makes a true impact on a lot of lives. This all started when Lauren decided to not go to law school and instead find her purpose and find a way to align her career with her purpose. I get that question a lot. How do I figure this out? What is my purpose? What are my passions? And so Lauren shares exactly how she navigated this same question. Lauren is the epitome of resourceful, some might say scrappy, so graceful, but definitely gets stuff done. She is a doer who is in alignment, and I'm so grateful to have had her in the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. She sheds a little bit of light on how the bootcamp has allowed her business to grow and really what she has gotten from the experience. I'll let her share that. Speaking of the Renegade Brand Bootcamp, we have just announced the dates for our fall program and we've opened enrollment. We're in the early bird phase, so head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com if you want to check out more information. One of the things that I often hear is, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet for this program. Do I need to have a successful business? Do I need to have the perfect idea or a certain amount of influence online already. And the answer to those questions 
are no. However, what you do need is to be ready for expansion, to be in a season of expansion personally and professionally. That is the common denominator among all of the women in this program. We see it all. The spectrum is everything from women who are business veterans. They have multiple businesses and hundreds of employees, all the way to women who have never been an entrepreneur. They don't even know exactly what their idea is yet, but they're so ready to get out of the corporate world and everything in between. So as you consider whether or not this program might be for you, Rather than trying to just decide, learn more first, right? If you sign up for our email communication, we will lend you more insight on what this is and what it isn't. This is not an online class. This is live, real-time learning and collaborating with like-minded women. And I personally teach the curriculum. Everything I've learned over the past 20 years in growing my business and learning from some of the biggest brands and innovators in the world. I have a lot of lessons under my belt, and really where I'm able to live in my passion, purpose, and skill intersection is by sharing those lessons. That's exactly what lights me up, and I hope to help you find that intersection too, if you're ready. So you can head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com if you want more info, shoot us a note, And I'm happy to answer any questions. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now show is supported by Poopery, the original before-you-go toilet spray. It's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of you-know-what. This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit poopery.com and Why Not Now listeners get 20% off with code Why Not Now. That's all one word. And you can hear the story about Poopery in our interview with founder Susie Batiste. That's Why Not Now episode 28. Poopery is also available at Bed Bath & Beyond. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me on, Amy Joe. I'm so excited. Likewise. So much to cover. Let's hop in. Can you tell me about a time when you had a big decision to make and you said to yourself, why not now? So I think I've had so many why not now decisions, but they come and they're rooted in the confidence that I've gotten after seeing success of my first major, I think, why not now and and going towards that. So I guess I'll share that story. So I was a senior in college. It was my final semester. It was spring semester and I was laying in a yoga class and it was an hour and a half class of just pure sweating and bliss. It was a hot class. And I was laying there in Shavasana, which is the final pose when you're laying on the ground and you have your eyes closed. Out of absolutely nowhere, I had never really thought about it consciously before, this idea popped in my head and it said, Lauren, what if you didn't go to law school? And that thought was really scary because I come from a family of attorneys and I was a pre-law and history major for all four years of college. (laughs) I was about to graduate in a few months. 
And my whole life was working towards um, what kind of law I wanted to practice. And I would be my dad's retirement plan and all of that. (laughs) And that thought popped into my head. And as soon as it popped in, I just felt a sense of space and, and ease. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if I didn't go to law school? And it turned it from a question to something that was ex- excitement. And I got really excited about it. And then I said, what would I do? And my thoughts shifted to my passions, which were yoga and health and wellness and how I helped my own, my, my went through my own journey with health and how I wanted to help others feel as free and empowered as I did. And as I'm laying there in Shavasana, this is all happening over like a five to 10 minute uh, time frame. And I got up, I walked out of the yoga class, I was driving home and I had made the decision in literally five to 10 minutes that I was going to quote unquote, put off law school for a year just to test out what I could do in terms of health. And that was the plan of how I was basically presenting it to my parents. So um, I, I got home, I opened my door, I, I went into my room, I shut my door and I texted my parents and I said, we need a conference call right now. <laughs> so <laughs> my it. parents were like, what, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, we have to have a conference call us three. So I called them and I told them and there was some silence on the other end for a few seconds. And then my dad said, okay, if this is what you want, then you can test it out for a year and, and we'll go from there. This makes sense. You you always write your blog posts and you're um, answering people's emails about health and wellness before you're, you're studying for your LSAT anyways. So why don't we, um, why don't we try this out? Because they're, they're big on doing, you know, what you're passionate about as well. And so my why not now moment happened in a yoga class and it, very, very quickly, I just, when it hits you, when the right thing hits you, you know it doesn't mean that there wasn't fear in there it just meant that my heart was screaming louder than I think my head was at the time because I was so open in that state um, after moving my body and feeling so good and and so open energy after the yoga class and so that was my why not now you know moment I said why not put off law school for a year see if I can go to health coaching school and let's just see what happens okay so let's dissect this a little bit so it started with a what if, and it graduated to a why not now. And the what if state is pretty safe, right? Because it's kind of just like, what if I did this? What if it feels a little flippant, but quickly you got to from what if to why not now, like within 10 minutes as you're laying on the ground. The decision to act immediately and tell your parents I sense that, and given we know each other and you know a lot of (laughs) my philosophy, I'm not trying to force this on you. But if you were to reverse engineer, was it to hold yourself accountable of just following through with sharing what your heart was screaming? You know, I really do think I'm, I grew up with a very, very close family and my, my sister and my parents were all just very supportive of each other and we're all kind of interconnected in each other's lives. And it, it wasn't even a sense of approval. It was just a sense of, I had this major epiphany and I wanted them to be a part of it. Um, I knew that they were going to support me, but I think that's where it was stemming from. And even more so, I think the most important thing was, is that the realization that I really value life and, and the time that we have. I didn't see the point of going to law school for three years, then being immediately going into working for, you know, a DA or working in my my dad's firm. And then I just didn't see that there would be a good point later on to pursue my passion. So why not now? Why not just do it now? So I, I wasn't going to regret it in the future. 
I think that was the main thing that pushed me as well. And it's interesting how you positioned it to yourself too. If I'm going to put law school off for a year, you know, that's, you weren't necessarily saying this is a forever thing and it's irreversible. That was not the case. It was, you know, let's press pause on the law school thing and I'm going to pursue this. And so it was safe enough to try, right? Because you could always go back and go to law school. Yeah. And and the, the fact that it wasn't permanent maybe in my mind, I think it does say a lot to how it's less about the action and more about the mental state behind it. Because if your mental state is, hey, I'm just trying this out, there's less of an acceptability or you're able to accept the fact that, okay, if I fail, it's okay. I, I had included that in the equation already and it's not totally off the table. I, I'm allowed to fail in a way. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that, you know, the positioning it as just temporary in my mind, I think that was an important stage and important, important step. One of the things I really appreciate about you, Lauren, is your ability to have hustle coexist with alignment. And the word hustle, if if you listen to the show on a regular basis, it's not my favorite at all. But you do get things done. And you have a a linear and a nonlinear coexisting way of thinking that's really 2019, I think. <laughs> and um so your your logic yet your heart seems like they made friends and they're like, okay, we can both dig this scenario and pursue the next, you know, year or however long of a time period with this different idea. And let's fast forward. It's fascinating to see your growth and still how much you still have in front of you yet, how much you've accomplished as an entrepreneur. So fill us in. Let's, what's the delta between now and then? (laughs) What happened? Oh my gosh. I couldn't even predict and no way of knowing what it would have turned out to be. I I don't think I mentioned this, but I was, so my journey with health is a really important piece to all of this because I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was seven years old, which you know, and it's an autoimmune disease that doesn't have any cure. What's really ironic about the whole thing is I spent my entire life trying to push my diabetes away. I didn't want it to be seen as a person with diabetes. I thought it made me look weak. I thought it made me look not capable. It was totally just in my mind and I was projecting that on to others. Um, So my whole identity was, I just want to be Lauren first and then diabetes in the background second. And that was actually the biggest hurdle for me in the beginning was I wanted to become a health coach just for everybody else. I didn't want to work with people with diabetes. I wanted to just help everybody else because everybody needs help. And I think that that was really just a, a result of me not wanting to put a label on myself as a diabetic health coach or as a health coach who helps people with diabetes. Um, So that was one of my biggest struggles in the beginning. But I mean, where I am now is um, I'm kind of on the, in the forefront of creating a new service for people with diabetes that hasn't been around specifically coach people virtually all around the world with uh, type 1 diabetes, some type 2, but primarily type 1, on managing their blood sugars in a holistic way. Um, And so giving them the support, guidance, and accountability that they need outside their endocrinologist office to reach their goals and to ultimately just feel empowered and in control of their diabetes. And if everybody listening, if nobody knows, um, if you don't know anything about type 1 diabetes, it really affects every single part of your entire day. So it's not like you're just taking 
a pill or you're taking a shot and then you're good for the day. I mean, everything under the sun affects your blood sugars from stress to your hormones to uh, the type of food you're eating, the time of food you're eating, how much you're exercising, what type of exercise you're doing, the sleep you got the night before, what you ate two days ago that still might be in your system. So there are so many different factors. And so it's a lot for one person with type 1 diabetes to handle with just seeing the endocrinologist every six months for 20 minutes when they sit with you. So I'm really working with people to help them coach them to become empowered and, and give them the tools they need to feel good mind, body, and soul and make the best decisions and, and help implement healthy habits so that they can feel good. So that's what all the coaching services do. And then I have a bunch of online tools and we're coming out with courses this year to really just kind of push it forward and give, give people resources no matter what stage they're at. And so if you're listening to this, the innovation that, that Lauren is doing, it is pretty profound because this didn't exist before. You really had to kind of write the roadmap and there was no blueprint for what you were setting out to do. And so having witnessed some of a portion of your journey and especially over the last, you know, year, a little less than a year, having gone through the Renegade Brand Bootcamp, I know it was a kind of a big decision on whether or not to continue to double down in this niche in this area where you do find so much purpose because you could also easily be that general broad, you know, health coach. And I'm so glad <laughs> as we, as you know, I weighed in along the way um, that you are focused on this general area because it does root so much back to your purpose. And there is something extremely genuine about the fact that you, you've walked this and you can relate back. Um, and so you really don't have a competitive set per se. So for anyone that's listening, who's thinking, you know, this doesn't exist. What I want to do doesn't exist. That's even more of a reason to go out and, and do it and figure it out because you can, and there's a, there's a market for it. So with, with this journey, you've become an author, you're a speaker, you have partnerships, you're a voice of authority, really. You're pretty young. Do you mind if we talk about your age? Not that it matters. The numbers don't matter. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 25. I'm going to be 26 in July. Most people think I'm, I think I get like 32 a lot. It's a great number. I don't know. It's just everybody says, you're, oh, you're 31, 32. Oh, a couple of years younger. <laughs> Which is fine. But I, th I think you've been so resourceful in figuring out how you wanted this to play out because there was no rule book. Um, and sometimes I think it could be overwhelming. And, and there are times where I know you have been just a little overwhelmed with the opportunity. You could do a lot of things. And you've chosen to um, maintain a sense of alignment with all these opportunities coming your way. And so let's talk a little bit about how you do balance your drive with staying centered and, and keeping it real in terms of not falling into that grind hustle. Um, I mean, you're being asked to speak all over. You, you wrote a book, the diabetic health journal, you're such a voice of authority and the sky's the limit. So how do you stay in alignment with yourself? It's a great question. And to be honest, I don't know how you can run a business without having a deep sense of believing, having spirituality or having some kind of practices that keep you grounded. Because I owe a lot of 
my business success to the fact that I work on myself daily and I know who I am and I know what I'm here to do and I'm able to keep my ego in check and keep myself balanced. Um, without that, I don't think that I would be where I am. And so for me, I mentioned you know earlier, yoga is what got me to that why not now moment and yoga has been um, an underlying thread throughout my entire life or over the, I would say the past couple of years growing my business. And it's not even the yoga going to a yoga class because to be honest, I've been to two yoga classes in the past six months, but it's really just the yogic philosophy that I live on a daily basis, which is the things that you're practicing that you would practice on the mat, which is compassion to yourself and listening to your body instead of constantly telling it what to do. Patience, right? Waiting for knowing that timing is everything and, and having that patience, a curiosity over self-judgment, right? Getting curious. So in business, when things don't work out, or if I try something, I put something on social media and I think it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And there's crickets, right? Instead mm -hmm. of saying, oh my gosh, this is such a reflection of me. I think it's important to shift to oh my gosh, this is so interesting. I thought this was going to go so well. I'm so curious why it didn't. And so all of these types of things in terms of my what I think and, and how I view the world. And then of course, there's the actual just keeping myself balanced on a daily basis with, um, I think, nature. Nature is a huge part. I mean, I'm in New York City and there's not a lot of nature, you know, green grass outside, but just going outside and feeling the sunshine on my skin when it's a nice day. Like I moved a meeting yesterday just so I can get 15 extra minutes uh, to go outside in between and just feel that energy. Because I know for me, if I just keep going, going, going and grinding, 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 I don't take that space to reconnect, I burn out. And that burnout is way more inconvenient than taking the 15 minutes to go outside. It's really important. I think for me too, and I learned this in the boot camp with you, your personal branding is I was trying to separate myself from my work. In the beginning, I was like, I'll be me on social media and I'll have another account that just talks about diabetes. And I think I was working through that last year and it just, you helped me recognize like, this is your purpose. This is this is your passion. These are your skills. Like this is how you're going to present to the world. So you can, of course, share your um, certain aspects of, of, of yourself that aren't related to diabetes, but this is who you are and you can't deny that. And that it you helped so much with that and formulating a bunch of um, just different you know, uh, ways to present myself in terms of my website and all of those things. But I also think it's important to recognize that that can sometimes get difficult when you are your business, just because you're so close to it. And you have to make sure that you're aligned in a mental, spiritual state that you don't get affected by a rude comment or somebody who doesn't like it because they're essentially saying, I don't like you or I don't agree with you. Um, and so being aligned and going on to social media or or when you go into these speaking engagements, it's really important for me to kind of keep up a little bit of a barrier and understand um, that I have to have a little bit of protection and energetic protection from anything that might show up that day. Oh, it's such a good point that, um, you know, you're living your brand. <laughs> you are. It, it is you. And when we do live in a world where social communication is a huge aspect of our business and how we generate more business and stay connected with our audience, having that healthy relationship with social and what role it plays in our life is so key. Uh, and when we look at things that you've done, and, and I use the word resourcefulness, but I think it's it's just a product of, you know, kind of your your DNA 
you published a book. You self-published. You've, you know, you went out, out and actually doubled down and figured out what you wanted to say in a pretty short amount of time and then did it and pulled the trigger and found the production side and figured that out and did the crowdfunding campaign. When you have something in front of you that you don't know how to do, what's your first step? Like you'd never published a book before. You'd never done public speaking. How do you navigate that? Oh, all right. I'm going to get a little woo on you for a quick second. I know you love that. (laughs) So (laughs) the past two most interesting things, I just went to lunch with a friend who I haven't seen in a year and a half. She, she moved and she came back to New York and she said to me after I, you know, we were talking about what she was up to. She said, Oh my gosh, Lauren, I forgot to tell you, like, I literally can't believe how much you've been traveling and speaking. You literally did what you said you were going to do. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, like when we would, you know, have coffee and all that, like a year and a half ago, she's like, all you kept talking to me about is how you wanted to speak and, and that you were going to do speaking this year and you didn't know where, but you were, you just felt like you needed to do more speaking. And that just reminded me too of, of what happened with the, the book as well, where it was, I didn't know exactly the steps, but I really just was confident that it would just work out. And I, and I know it's not for somebody who is a very linear, you know, thinking it's, it's hard to imagine, but the first step for me is just speaking it, speaking it as I've done it already, whereas I'm going to do it in a very firm way. Right. So I'll, instead of saying, I want to be a speaker where I, I hope that I'll be able to speak one day, it's this year or in the next six months, I am going to you know, speak, or I will be speaking at X amount of conferences, right? I mean, I did about 20 last year and I didn't, I did zero outreach. Like I swear to you, I literally was just, I put it out there that that's the year that I, that I wanted to do more speaking. And one inquiry came in and then another, and then this one heard of me speaking at that one. And this one recommended me for this one. And then I just, I got an email last week that said, I know you've been speaking for the past four years for these conferences. You've been all over. So um, we'd love to have you come do the keynote. And I was laughing because I think that's that's what it looks like. But in theory, I've only been doing it for the past about eight months. I've just had a bunch of them come in. And the same thing for the book where I had met somebody years before who we, we said we'd stay in touch. It was at a, a big food conference in the city um, at the Jacob Javits Center. And she just randomly met me, gave me her card, said she liked my energy. <laughs> she was like, you have to stay in touch. She seemed like an awesome girl boss to know. And she ended up, you know, having a huge package and design company and product development. And so I ran into her three years later in New York again. She's from San Diego and just serendipitously. And then that's literally how the book came about and how the production end of it came about. So I think, of course, yes, there's steps you can do of like outreach and looking for those things. And you have to put in the work. You're not just going to sit home and it's going to come to you. But I think the first step is really just visualizing and visualizing yourself doing that and then speaking it into existence. Mm. And that's my answer. And I can't, I would love it to be something a little bit more tactical where maybe that's what people want, but I can't, I can't, I can't give that because that's honestly not what I've, what I've done. Um, It's really mental for me and it's really rooted in visualization. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you are digging this podcast, please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment and it means a ton to us. Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing. I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amyjomartin.com 
and click on connect with me. I would dare to say you act without even realizing too. You're constantly taking action, but it probably doesn't feel like a lot of doing because it's in such alignment. This is your purpose. You're you're living in that intersection of where passion, purpose, and skill collide, as I always talk about. And it sounds so fluffy, but you were kind of the epitome of that. And um, you didn't design it or reverse engineer it. You followed what felt right, it seems, and and there wasn't some master plan that you had after your why not now idea of, of doing this instead of law school. But I've heard you say before, accountability and just you work well under pressure and you you really work well with accountability, which is something that is a big component of the boot camp. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with the boot camp? Because it's a little different for everyone. And sometimes I have a hard time really articulating what this is because it's as much an inside job as it is an outside external kind of program too. But I know the community and the accountability has been big. Yeah. And I think that comes down to knowing, knowing yourself, right. And being able to invest in the areas that you know are going to help you because they have helped you in the past. So for me, I grew up as a competitive athlete. I paid to play division one soccer in college. And so my whole life I had around me trainers and coaches and teams. And so I'm, it's so funny. I'm a very like head down work kind of girl, like in terms of the day to day, but I love having a team and just and that energy of like, we're all wor- working towards something together. You can be working on your own thing, but it's just the energy of all being together at once. So um, in terms of the past three years, in terms of accountability, I've always believed that I'm going to get somewhere a lot faster than I would with support and accountability than I would on my own. And so for me, that investment, no matter how large it is, it's worth it because it always has paid off. So it's scary to think like, oh, like I or convince yourself. I think your limiting belief convinces yourself. I could just do this on my own. Right. But then at the same time, it's like, why haven't I done this? Right. Um, and so to remember that and use that as a reminder when you're considering joining a mastermind or a group program or whatever it may be. So for me, like you, you're, you're, you kind of, I was saying for months, I want to join a mastermind, some kind of group coaching program. I don't know who, I don't know what I was talking about it. I said, I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it. And then Emily Nolan jumped into my inbox and she's like, Hey, Lauren, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but here's a mastermind going on with Amy Jo Martin. You probably follow her through me. I know you've mentioned her before. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I wasn't even surprised at that point because these things happen to me all the time, just from being in that alignment, like you said. And it was the best decision ever. I mean, the girls that were in the group, the women that I met and just friendships and then you learning so much. I got so much out of every one of our calls, the things that I didn't even realize that I needed. So I just think that it's important to know yourself and if accountability, which most people do need some accountability or support is something that can, can help you move forward, then it's, it's worth taking, taking that on. So much of it, like you said, is knowing, um, knowing yourself and asking, you know, why haven't I done this? <laughs> because I've tried to just kind of force myself to sit down and, you know, write the book or X, Y, Z with my brand. And, um, and it does help to have those like-minded, like-hearted 
people surrounding you. And something that you do that I just love, I'd love for you to share a little more, is um, your creative retreats. Can you talk about what they are, how you tripped upon this, and um, and just kind of the function of it too? Like really what happens? How do you navigate those few days? Yes. So basically what you're referring to, the past, uh, the most recent I've done, one was upstate to Woodstock, uh, New York. I rented an Airbnb out there in the middle of nowhere in the woods. And then the second one was earlier this year in Joshua Tree. I rented an Airbnb also there right by the mountain. Both of those times, I the first one was where I wrote my diabetic health journal. And then the second one in Joshua Tree, where which is most recent, was when I wrote the online course that I'm launching in two weeks. And what's so funny about this is I fought it for so long because I read, I can't remember if it was like Tim Ferriss or somebody said that when you're working on something, you just have to time block your days. You just have to take two hours on Monday to to work on it and then two hours on, on Tuesday and then maybe Thursday and just time block it out and put that time towards working towards your big project. And I tried it for so long and I just, it I was for months, I couldn't get the journal done. The product developer was like, when is it going to be ready? I'm, the graphic designer's like, hey, did you, you know, you said it was going to be done three weeks ago. Like why, when is it going to just, just so I can figure out, you know, timeline um, when, when do you plan on getting it to me? And I was like, I could not figure out why I had so much resistance around it. And I started to feel like a failure. I was like, why can't I do it? Like all these other successful entrepreneurs, they're all banging out all these projects and I'm literally taking three months to write an intro page. Why is this so hard? And I realized that for me, a lot of the resistance was because I wasn't in my flow state. I was trying to jump from like emails at you know, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. client calls till 3 p.m. And then I was blocking out three to six to do this. I w- there was there was no way that was working in the middle of a busy day. I'm, I have a million other things in the back of my mind subconsciously that I wasn't in that flow state. So I finally was just like, I just need to get away from email. I need to be off social media. I can't have anything coming in. I know this is this project is deep inside me and it needs to be born, but I just need to give it the attention it needs and desserts. So I booked an Airbnb. I think it was, I booked it like Tuesday. It was a Tuesday through Friday. So it was a few days there and I finished it. Literally, there's no social media. I went to bed. I woke up with sunrise, went to bed with sunset, no alarm. And I ate really, really, really clean. I ate all plant-based while I was there. So it was just, my blood sugars were good. My energy was good. I had no brain fog. I was staying really, really hydrated. And the whole goal of the retreat is to take care of my mind, body, and soul so that I can produce what I am meant to. I really believe that these projects, these ideas that come to me, they're... I'm, I'm, I'm meant to do them, but I just need to set myself up in that alignment so that they can, they can come out. And so that's what I did with that. And then I was just like, oh my gosh, look, if it took four days, taking off four days and how much I got out of that, I would have wasted more, more time um, if I wouldn't have done that. So that's, so now I just do it. I'm doing it once every quarter and it's um, paying off so far. (laughs) I love it. It's, you just articulated something that it took me a long time out of just trying to press against resistance with big creative projects to realize. And that's, I'm very similar. It is so difficult to change gears for an hour or two and just try and switch into creative mind. Um, and the space and environment makes sense too. Like what a brilliant investment and ROI on your investment to carve that out, 
to just get focused and create that flow, an environment that's going to foster that flow state. Uh, So very smart idea. What's one thing, Lauren, that you find yourself learning over and over? The one lesson that I'm continuously learning is I think it's to slow down. And what do you mean by that? So I think by slowing down, I was actually in the hospital twice last year. I had a UTI that turned into a kidney infection twice. And if you look at what was going on uh, before in the weeks prior to both of those times that that happened, and the first time I actually had sepsis. So the first time it turned really, really bad. Uh, But then the weeks prior, I was going a million miles an hour. I was trying to juggle a bunch of things. I had so much, I was putting so much stress on myself to on certain deadlines and and pressure on myself to get get things done and to go to the boot camp class at 6 a.m. and then go to the yoga class at 8 p.m. and and I can work on six hours of sleep. It's fine, even though it's you know even though it's just three weeks, I can I can do it. And that was that's the pattern. Every time that I get sick, every time that I um, I've been in the hospital, I guess last year it was all around this time of just moving too fast and not taking time for that self care and slowing down. So I think the year of 2019, so this year for me, I think I've definitely moved or been more conscious because I'm a very fiery, um, I always want to move things forward. I want to, you know, progress to the next step. Growth is one of my core values. And and I think my my thing this year is at what cost, right? Because it's going to set me back if I don't make time. I know sleep needs to be a priority. So I'm no longer going to 6 a.m. I haven't done a 6 a.m. workout in in months, actually. Um, I've moved my workouts to the afternoon so I can actually prior, prioritize my sleep a little bit better and use my morning time for sleep and then my my morning clarity that I have to go into some creative work. And so I think shifting things around for me was really important and just understanding that it'll get done. And it, Self-care, though, is the most important thing that you have to protect because nobody else is going to protect it for you. It's funny because as I was hopping on to chat with you, what was going through my mind was you have to ease up to speed up. So just the whole concept of easing up has been a theme for sure with me too. And I know we've talked about patterns before and how you know, we find ourselves creating these same situations and this is, we're, we're very parallel in our answer. I think that would be mine too. And just in terms of slow down, it's fascinating to see how sleep comes into that equation often in my case too. Um, so as you are taking things day by day, but also have a, a bigger picture vision, do you, are you the type of person that maps out the next five years, three years, one year, or do you approach it more organically? I think circling back to what you had said in the beginning, which was, I'm, I am forget the words you use, but you said I'm heart-centered, but also um, linear, maybe you said. I'm not sure what you said, but you <laughs> described me like perfectly. And I was like, wow, like I didn't even, that was a genius way of putting it because I, I resonated with it. Well, just remember what it was. (laughs) I I think I can dip back there. I just I I realize how linear and nonlinear you can think at the same time, and just the coexistence of having your heart and your head be friends versus kind of pendulum swinging, uh, which is also that brilliance of balancing the drive with 
with the alignment and still making progress, right? So I think that's what I said. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So I think every answer, a lot of my answers up until now for you have been more of that non-linear heart-centered. And my answer to this question is very linear, which is yes, I'm a big, I have a big scheduler. I like planning and I know the rest of my year what it's going to look like. And I think that comes with clarity though, clarity on on my service and and what's going to help my clients and my audience and what people need from me at this point. So up until up until this year, yes, I had a broad kind of ideas of what was going on, but there were still things up in the air because I was testing a lot of things out. This year and moving forward, I can actually map you out the next three years. Of course, we plan and things come up and, and I'm sure things are going to come up that I don't even know are on the table yet or that need to happen. But um, I'm very confident that everything is going to play out how it should for the rest of this year. So for instance, I have a group coaching program. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching and I'm moving more into uh, group coaching now so I can serve all these people um, that want coaching from me um, in July. So that'll be three months long. And then I'm launching an online course and workout guide together. And then I'll come out with another online course that's going to be with food archetypes and type with type 1 diabetes. That's going to be in the fall, probably October, I think we'll launch that. And then I'll have a break period for the rest of the year there to just finish out some group coaching and then planning and strategizing for the next year. But then what we're looking at for 2020 is what we talked about, you and I, which was uh, creating that online school for Mm -hmm. people to become certified to be type one, type one diabetic coaches and diabetes coaches. Um, And then I'll do that. And in conjunction with serving more hospitals, getting the diabetic health journal into more hospitals and creating more health coaching programs in the hospital so that the as the business uh, or as the coaching grows, the coaching school, and we're certifying more people, then they can also have an option of yes, working you know one on one with clients virtually from home or in their communities, or they can go to local hospitals hopefully and have and have jobs there because it'll be you know there'll be programs implemented. So and um, that's kind of what we're looking at for the next two years. And I think I think Amy Jo, what's really interesting, what I've been thinking about lately is you had. You were pushing me a bit in November um, during the boot camp saying, you know what, Lauren, the online school and certifying people to become coaching, maybe that's what you have to do. Like now you were like pushing the like, why not now? Why not now? Why not now? And I was for a like split second, like, yes, like, why not now? Like, why, why don't I just do this? But that usually that why not now moment is more heart centered. But for me, that didn't feel heart centered. It felt more rushed and out of fear out of fear that somebody else was going to grab the opportunity before I did, or it wasn't going to happen if I didn't do it now, or I'd lose people's interest that were asking me about becoming, you know, a diabetic health coach now. So I'm going to, I have to do it now. And it was fear-based and it didn't feel right. And so I think it really is important to also differentiate if your why not now moment is because of fear or if it's because of like your soul calling you to do something. Such a a great point in delineation because I remember these conversations you and I would have, even the pillow talk one on Slack. Do you yes. remember that? I remember. That's the one I'm talking about. And this this concept of train the trainers, like you're the voice of authority in this space. And and although it's so new and even, you know, you've been living it all your life, it's it feels probably like, okay, how many years experience do I have? Can I train the trainers? Do I do I know X, Y, Z? And so I remember feeling like I was trying to be a mirror of you having that confidence in yourself. 
And you do and you did, but I could also feel not quite ready. But that planting of the seed and then realizing when my heart comes around, which did pretty quick, clearly, um, is so smart. Because if you would have been acting out of a place of fear that someone else is going to do this or maybe I don't have all of what it takes. I have 85%, but I need to wait for that extra 15. You would have been able to create your best work and you would have done it rooted in a seed of, like you said, maybe fear or from more of a linear standpoint uh, that this makes sense, but not from a full alignment. So what a good, like just learning. But oftentimes our why not now ideas, they brew right? It's the seed that's planted um, and it just needs to brew. And then there's a moment of bravery that usually tips us over. Right. Because I think even in my original why not now moment for, I mean, two years before that I was writing blog posts every day on nutrition and I was just random people I'd meet on the street. I was like, Hey, like I can help you with health. Like let's email. And just, this was, you know, years ago before I think I had just like just started an Instagram account, but so those all, that was it brewing over time. And so I think when I finally had that, you know, epiphany moment, it wasn't just like out of nowhere. It, it seemed like it was out of nowhere in the moment, but it was, it was brewing inside. And I, mm-hmm. and I also think just like you're saying now, when we were speaking, uh, on Slack in, in November and you were coaching me through that, it's, it was almost that gave me the confidence to say, yes, I'm ready. But then also logically thought, okay, it's not the right time now, but let me put it in a placeholder. And so that's where it is right now. That's putting it in a placeholder of 2020 gives me comfort that it's, it's that it's not never happening. It's just not happening this year, but it's happening next year. And so I can shelf it for a little bit and it doesn't take up that mental space that it was in the, you know, fall 2018, where it was just this idea that I would go to bed and wake up with and, Oh, what am I going to do about this? When am I going to do about it? That thought process that I would go through every day was draining. And so now that it has a space, I have so much more space in my own mind to do what's right in front of me, which is over the next three months, the, the online course and the group coaching. And that's what I'm here to focus on. And then I'll move on to the next thing when it's ready. So smart. And that's something we talk a lot about in the boot camp too, is roadmaps, you know, put it over. It is here. I see it. It's happening. And it doesn't mean it has to take up a ton of energy and capacity, uh, real estate in my mind, right this moment, because it is happening. And you will do like you always have. You'll manifest even more momentum as you get closer. I just want to thank you so much for your time, but also just for being such a, a great example of creating something from scratch that makes perfect sense for you, that's serving so many other people. And you're just constantly of service. And your energy, it's contagious. Um, Where can people follow you? (laughs) Thank you so much, Amy Jo. Um, People can follow me on my Instagram account. It is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N underscore Bongiorno, B-O-N-G-I-O-R-N-O. That's the best place to find me where I hang out most. And then you can also uh, check out my website if anybody listening is diabetic or wants to just learn more about me or any partnerships. It's just my name, laurenbongiorno.com. And it's an awesome site, by the way. Um, And yeah, so we will continue to follow your journey. And thank you so much for joining me. 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited, like I said, to listen to this back. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to whynotnow at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash whynotnow. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now? Mm-hmm.